0: 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with
1: Asraf Gada. And The Viewpoint, it certainly is. Welcome to the show. Lots to talk about over the next two hours. We will talk about ASCOM, just so that you know, from 9 o'clock, 9 to 9.30. And as part of our Innovator feature, we've got a really exciting guy who I met a couple of years ago, Judge one of the awards, and he's still doing really great things in the innovative space around uh, pharmaceuticals. That comes up later on. Our big hitter for the night is Pepe Murray. He's the co-founder of uh, Joe, Joe Public or Joe Public United. Um, that's the ad agency. And then he's the author of a book called growing greatness, which is like a month or two old. I would think Pappy, uh, great chatting to you. And thanks for, thanks for being our big hitter for the night.
2: Thanks so much. Ashra.
1: You see, having your views expressed gets you in a book form, moves you from a media marketing person, which is where I know you into an absolute big hitter. So there you are.
2: Well, then uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I, I find sometimes I'm very proudly creative and I wore that badge with pride. But sometimes it, it box me as opposing business. It's the weirdest thing. It's like if you're creative, you're opposite to business and that's not the truth. And I'm glad that I created something that, that pitches me more to the other side as well, more balanced.
1: Well there's there's lots to talk about. Let's start with, with the title. Without I mean I want people to buy the book and, and I'll say this up front, which I mm. very rarely do. I will happily endorse this book whenever, wherever, because I'm completely sold on it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay. Let's start with the title, Growing Greatness. Why why did you choose that title?
2: I found my life purpose in 2007. I did a transformational workshop. I was at a low of my life. I was looking for answers to life, um, which is interestingly that we seek for that only when things go really bad, Mm -hmm. looking for deeper answers, the meaning of life. And I found greater meaning and the word that I stand for in life is greatness not meaning that I want to be a great guy. I just want to serve people around me to be the best that they can be. And I realized that the journey towards that level of the best that we each can be is a long journey. It might be a life journey and hence growing greatness – Okay.
1: And in the, in the course of this growing greatness, I mean, so you were one, with one of South Africa's leading, you're probably the leading independent ad agency in the country, right? Yeah. I would, I would be right in saying that.
2: Yeah. I would say between us and King James, we are the last two standing and we're both at, in the top three to five. We're in the top three.
1: Yeah, there we are. Now, and we'll certainly mm-hmm. talk about advertising and what that means just now. But let, let's start with some of the tricky issues. Uh I learned so much about you from the book, and, and here's one that is so so topical: the issue of race, yeah. um, and and how you've dealt with race and racism. So let me get this right: it's important I say it. You're you're white. You're you're white. You're South African. You're Africana, mm. right? Um, the fact that you're Maria may well be coming from Huguenot stock, but that's another Absolutely. whole debate completely. Right? Uh, tell me about your experience of, of understanding. That That you were in a race racial environment when yeah. you were young and and how you dealt with
2: it I would say I was a complete racist um and that and 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 the learning from that was and what gives me empathy to all levels of discrimination is that it's mostly conditioning and it's mostly lack of consciousness um I was born into a certain home I don't think it was it was by no means bad people; they were just conditioned. Um, in a certain way, and I picked up their beliefs just like I picked up their religion and their eating habits um, and and the language. I was born into it. I was not even aware of it like a fish in water. Um, and there, there were things that I did as a, as a child that when I look back at it, I can't believe I'm the same human being. <clears throat>
1: um, like, like what? Anything?
2: Oh, like you I would say throwing stones at black people. I mean that was like a pastime of white South African kids. I mean it's atrocious. I'm not proud of it. Um but I had to get out of that and grow out of that. The way the language that was used around me. Um the the By your by your family. Pa- by, your, by your family, family father particularly, particularly like, my father. Yeah. Um and again, looking back, I don't I don't blame him. In fact I dedicated the book to him. Because because again, I've got a deeper understanding now. You know, ten years ago, I might have said the opposite. It took me many years. I married an English woman, um, which already took me slightly more into a liberal space. But not always. It's not. It's not always that you Africans and white. So you're definitely a racist, mm. or English and white. And are you more liberal? It it is. It is so diverse, the different levels of being a human, um, and then. I actually am super grateful for art school finding art and 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 then dealing with real liberals when i came out of the mm. old south african army
1: and and I suppose the nature of of the arts marketing industry allows for uh, it's just for more, different ways of thinking it's a it? new
2: it it even to this day there's a lot of criticism on our advertising industry as not being transformed enough and i agree we not transformed enough but it is still a very forward thinking open minded industry and and thankfully to being or I'm grateful to be part of this industry because if I didn't go through this I might still be in that mindset I was in. How how then did
1: you deal with with racism when you when you understood initially racism was was the norm Yeah. at which moment did you realize that racism was wrong or being racist was wrong and how then did you deal with it considering you still had a family.
2: Yeah um I suppose already from the age of twenty, as I stepped into art school, um, and being being in an organisation where people were pro the new South Africa and speaking about Nelson Mandela in a positive way and the coming of a new South Africa, which didn't make sense to me because I just came out of the army, I fought for something I didn't even know what I was fighting for, complete sheep mentality. Um, so there was already that beginning of that consciousness, and then going into the industry. It was probably in my 30s um, when I became really, really conscious of it. At one stage, we did a merger with another agency, and the founder was still—he was at that stage probably in his mid-50s. He was a racist by the language that he used, and I couldn't tolerate it because I worked so hard to get out of out of that mm. mindset. But to this day, um, there are still there's judgment in all of us. I've got the amazing fortune of having Colisa Jesana as my creative partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we always give each other credit equally. My transformation due to our conversations over the past 12 years, we have incredibly frank conversations all the way up to yesterday.
1: Well, well I'll tell you, I, I want to maybe pick up on that. And then, of course, we'll talk about other things. But interesting, you, you mentioned uh, Colisa because you, you're also in your book, you make reference to outing a person who worked for your company mm. uh, for, for being racist yeah. and, and it came with drastic consequences. Tell us that story.
2: So, so I would say one of one of the values I got from my mother instilled in me by my mother is integrity and once I, I changed my belief into a new belief that's another thing I'm also, I also I love change and, and, and I'm open-minded enough to be open to other people's thinking and once I had a new belief I couldn't tolerate what was happening in my environment. And I did take this person to task and got him out of our organization. He then went and worked for our largest client. And within three months, we lost that business. So <laughs> so standing for something I believed in, because I want to be part of the new South Africa, I want to play my role here, um, we lost half our and, business. And, and
1: in RAND terms, what, what was long, half your business?
2: It is, uh, so whew, I would, if I had to guess, we were probably doing 26 million in revenue and we lost 13 of it. Wow, so and that
1: had implications in terms of lifestyle. Sixty-eight and the people, employees.
2: sixty-eight people down to thirty overnight, um, and that was the beginning of what then turned out to be the buyback of our business. So, so that integrity that I stood for actually, in the long term, did pay me back. In the moment, it did what,
1: what did your your co-founder, right, Gareth? Gareth, Lack, yeah. what, what, what did what did he say about it, and what did some other senior people say about the fact that your righteousness yeah. actually has, has put this company under severe, straight to the point of almost closure. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's the implication.
2: Thinking back now, it was, I instigated the decision, but we did make a board decision on it. So at least we were all, it wasn't just like a drop of ad, let's just on emotion, get rid of someone. It was a well-considered move. We never saw the repercussion of it coming. Um, and once that came, it's like you know, you entrepreneurs. I love Denzel Washington said, "Fall down seven times, get up eight. So it was one of the times we fell hard, and and we got up out of it and dusted off the ashes and and. So in so hindsight,
1: when it when it all happened, I mean,
2: would you would you do that again? I will do every single thing I've done in my life exactly the same way. Would lose thirty million rand. I, I will choose to. I can promise you right now i can't speak about another thing we have just made a big decision based on integrity that 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 cost us a small fortune and and I think we will be repaid long term because we didn't do it to get anything back. We did it because it's the right thing to do.
1: There we are. I'll tell you what, more to come from uh, Pepe Murray. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. So he is the founder of an ad agency. In fact, now the two zero seven is wrong. I need to get that right. Uh, two zero nine. Okay, I'm different studios today. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero nine. Please remember that just for tonight. Oh eight nine. 1-104-209, One, not 7-209, right? My guest, Pepe Murray, he's the co-founder of the ad agency called Joe Public, really cute name, uh, but also he's written a book that's just come out recently called Growing Greatness, and I mean, he's sharing some fascinating insights about his journey and then his take for you on how you can grow your own greatness and an impact on your country, things that you and I, you know, I feel absolutely strongly about. Let's get your thoughts. It's The Viewpoint.
0: Here's to all the boys who walk tall with pride for not lifting their hands on girls whenever they're pressured to. Here's to the men out there who know the meaning of stop and do just that when a girl refuses. Here's to that boy child who continues to thrive to be a better citizen against all societal odds. Here's to instilling positive values to the younger generation and leading by example. Power to rise, brought to you by Love Life. This is an SABC Foundation supported initiative. The viewpoint, eight to ten PM on S.F.M.
1: More to come from Pepe Moretti, founder, co-founder of uh, the air Joe Public, or Joe Public United. He's the author of a book called "Growing Greatness." You, you were saying. Uh, by the way, you can also tweet us, hashtag SAFM Viewpoint, and then you take me, Ashraf Ghanda, as well as SFM Radio. You can also pack, uh, pick up Pepe with Twitter handle, as well as Joe Public. You'll find it on my timeline. Uh, WhatsApp voice notes are welcome, too. I just want to get the thumbs up from Ben whether that's okay or not for WhatsApp. No, we're not, because we are in a different studio today. Apologies for that, but you can SMS us, 40938, 40938. You You were saying you're you're in the process, or you've just done another deal on integrity, can you tell us about it?
2: Unfortunately, not. Um, okay. But, Next at, book. but at least, at least, it, it's it's proving that when you stand by what you believe in and you do what you believe is right, it seems that in the long term it plays in your favour. Um, so, I'm just all I, the only point I'm making is it. It's, we took a big stand and there was money at stake.
1: Okay, we, We're going to move on to other things about, about growing your business and that's something that you certainly know how to do and, and your interest in schooling and all that. But I'll stay with the, with the race issue for, for one last bit. We are in, a, in what appears to be a very divided South Africa, mm. as pronounced as it was probably more so now in the last 30 years than ever before in the previous time was in the apartheid South Africa. Do you, do you think it's true and, and how do we fix that?
2: So, let me take a stab at it. Firstly, I would say that history has proven that big step change comes out of almost really terrible times. Mm-hmm. So, history has proven in, in our country, in our business, definitely, in my personal life, that when things go really bad, you're bound to find bigger step change than when they're going okay. So, so I've got hope that's something really positive and that maybe we are facing the next big step change because the step change from the early 90s to the mid 90s was massive. And we mm. forget how big that step change was. Um, so so, so that's the first thing. The second thing that I have learned and funny enough, I've learned that from from effective parent training. Um, which is the last thing you think you'd learn big life lessons but it's 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 proven now that the higher the emotional state of any human being the lower the level of thinking and I don't mean to judge but it's just the truth and I think we're in a high level of emotion in all camps which means that thinking goes out the door we're not thinking we're not thinking
1: okay I'll visit that uh, or revisit that in just a second let's get some calls KGM uh, you're in Freiburg today welcome to the show KGM Good evening, Ashraf,
0: and good evening to your guest.
1: Good good talking to you. Good, good evening. Yeah, go Thank ahead. You.
0: All right. Let, let, me, let me put a bit of realism in this discussion. Yeah. Listening with earnest to your, your guest as he narrates his experience and how he, he got to be where he is. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, wow, isn't this a continuation of a bad thing, Ashraf? And I'm I'm challenging your your guest to, to help me understand this, the way I see it. I see he is again having an opportunity, whichever way it came, that he can have a platform on SAFM for him to mm-hmm. narrate his story. If I was to to come there with my ad agency and say, I've got a story to tell, uh, SABC will tell me, well, you've got a couple of thousands of rents that you, you have to pay now. What is his view in terms of the continuation of a bad thing that he has articulated so well, and in terms of the talk which would do, country, how does he suggest we balance the talk with action? For instance, he talks on on how 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 terrible the system was, and this about doing it, doing it.
1: All right, Peppy well, we, gonna... we we I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, Keiji, and we're losing you in the last part. I can't hear you. Uh, but I certainly got the first part of it. Let's just let's just take the first part that I can answer myself. Okay. Uh, certainly, nobody gets nobody pays us to go on air. Okay. If we think the person's credible, uh, we put them on air, and I have no doubt that Peppy Maria is credible. Let's get that right. In terms of the more important one, is this not a continuation of of a bad thing? Perhaps Peppy can answer that for himself. So so listen out.
2: So. The first thing I'd like to say is it will be interesting, um, if you could get your hands on my book, maybe read my story. And I suppose that's that's what we do. We tend to very quickly jump to, um, conclusions based on a very short snippet of, of input. And and I understand that because I do the same thing. So I'm not judging you. I do often the same thing. I'm working on that. I'm, I'm realizing f- fast and furiously that that let's not judge a book by by its cover. Apart uh, in the pun, if you had to read my story, you will learn that that I had quite a long road that I've walked um, to be where I am today. I'm 20 years in business, which we started from scratch in the New South Africa. Um, I'm very clear on 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 what my privileges are along the way. And I'm doing whatever I can at this stage to create more jobs. That's my number one objective in serving this country is to create a sustainable business that can create more and more jobs and to make this business reflective of of our country's population. Um, other than that, there's things I've done many years ago. I'm talking about 40 years ago that I'm not proud of. But I also can't keep on looking into the past. Um, I'm surely, I don't, if, I, if I listen to your question... Um, I definitely do not agree that I'm just perpetuating a way of being that I was maybe 40 years ago. I'm an I'm a, I'm a active participant in the new South Africa. And I do believe that at some stage we're going to have to stand together to change this country and, and, and potentially move on from, from judging each other. And,
1: and here you, are. You, you were telling me off air, in fact, Papi, that you can't deny the fact that you've come from – you've had advantage – Absolutely. Right? And you were saying it even before we, we even went on there, right? So that, that advantage remains, right? Yeah. Y- here's the, the bigger question. Uh, to what degree that those that have advantage, like the Papi Mares of yeah. the world and, and many other nameless people who are predominantly white and then staggered in the apartheid system with Indians that colored second in those packing orders and then, and then Africans third, what, what should people with advantage do to build South Africa now? That means once you've got advantage, what should you do with that advantage?
2: Sure, Asraf. Let me think about that one. Um, It is such a complex um, situation. So I would say anyone who has... here's, Here's one interesting insight. You know, I found that the more value that I add to our country, be that in terms of serving people around me, um, just being a decent human being, creating a business, creating jobs, serving my clients, serving the people that work for me, serving my family, the more I'm in service of others, it seems that I enjoy more and more economic privilege. I think the first step, irrespective of where you are in the economic, in the economic st- state of your life, is to add value to those around you. I think we we, we all often in service of ourselves. One of my insights out of my book is that when you step into service of others, rather than yourself, somehow the system, this greater universe, however this thing we live in work, starts looking after you better. So, so I, I think it's a duty of every single South African. If you speak about privilege, of course, there's many privileges. Um, the color of my skin, growing up in a white society, growing up in the old there, there are privileges there. But I can also argue that you might find that a child born into a very wealthy home that's potentially sexually abused, might not be better off than a very poor kid that's born into a shack but experienced love. So it is so diverse and complex that I have just stopped forming any opinion and judgment. I I play the game in my corner and do the best with what I've got at my uh, disposal. Um, And of course, when you have an opinion and a platform, you're going to be judged. And I'm wow. ready for that.
1: Well, there you are. 0891 104209. Let me just note that number. The last three digits 209, not 207. OK, 0891 104209. My guest, Pepe Moretti, uh, co founder, group chief and creative officer, in fact, at Joe Public United, but author of a book that I strongly recommend that you do read it called Growing Greatness. So we'll talk more about that and get your thoughts. And you can also tweet us, hashtag SFMViewpoint, right after this.
0: This week, Passala catches a tour bus to three local backpacker destinations.
1: Yomobiasam draws inspiration from the Tsitsikama forest with an origami artist. Rumark catches a wave with surfer legends in Durban. And Paul goes all out in trendy Josie style with rapper Early B. Pasala, Wednesday 7.30 on SABC2. The 6th episode of Playing for the Coach. The focus moves to the world of boxing as we get up close and personal with the man that
0: has devoted his life to boxing. Boxing South Africa 2017 Trainer of the Year Award winner, the boxing trainer and manager, Colin Nomaganjani Nathan. Do not miss out on Colin's story in and out of the boxing ring on
1: SABC One at 2.30pm this Sunday. Playing for the coach, proudly brought to you by SABC Sport, for the love of the game. Watch EFC live this Saturday at Times Square in Medlin. Former champ Ruan Potts takes on the gigantic American Jerry at Bandera for the heavyweight title, plus the electrifying females clash as the Polish assassin Karolina Wojciech and the Italian champ Chiara Penko fight for EFC gold. EFC this Saturday at Times Square, Menlin, Pretoria. Watch it on SABC 3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Hashtag
0: SAFM Viewpoint.
1: There's an interesting tweet from Carabo Canari saying, I love your guest already because he's brave enough to own his past and attempt to transform himself. You can't change when you don't acknowledge. So there you are. My guest, of course, is Pepe Mare, who's the co-founder of the ad agency Joe Public United, certainly one of South Africa's best and finest, absolutely. But also the author of a book called Growing Greatness. Uh, I want to talk about how that agency grew because there's important insights for you in running your business. Lawrence from Cape Town High, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello how are you? Yeah, good, Lawrence. Go ahead. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm yeah, just trying to to your question, man. Yeah, he's, he's listening. Go ahead. Yes, man. I must love him and for coming forward like this way, man. We are battling to hear you, Lawrence. Uh, maybe just give us one sentence only and we can pick up from that. Just one sentence. I just want to say, uh, uh, tell my friend to come forward like this way and
0: try to forget about the past and
1: not let us uh, discourage him. We must ask for the product. Okay, mustn't be discouraged. Got that? Thank you for that. Uh, not the best of lines, Lawrence, but you—you you got that. Don't be discouraged. But but move on. Th- so but, I, but I thank get that you very
2: much for that. And, and and I do think I look at today and I look forward, and I've learned from our past, and I think we're going to meet each other at some stage and change this country. F- into something great.
1: I, I want to talk later on about some of the essence of your growing greatest, which, mm-hmm. which is um, in, invaluable tools, but we'll do that later on. Let's just establish Joe Public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keep in mind, it's not a marketing show, so just quick, yes. short sound bites of uh, five or six key milestones over the last, whatever, 10, 15 years or longer.
2: Okay, so 20 years old, launched in 1998 with a revolutionary takeaway model. So we based it on a restaurant, rare, medium, and well-done ads. That idea got us out of the blocks. So I would say step number one, have a strong disruptive idea for your business, Um, something that sets you apart from the norm in the market that launched us, sold it prematurely three years later to an international conglomeration to expand our takeaway model. Their side of the deal was to buy our bottom line and make money. So then eight years belonged to international corporate giant, uh, listed uh, New York Stock Exchange, didn't make any money out of that deal learned a lot learned to never sell our soul again um, went bankrupt in 2008 9 so first officially that closed shop or no, closed so, so the, it started with with the retrenchment of okay. a senior exec who went to work for a client lost half our revenue overnight that was mid 2006 um, and then going by about 2008 not recovering from that going into the recession Signing the buyback, buying the business back. 100% best recession we've ever experienced. I think we had a, a little recession to a two around there. The internet little blimp, but this was a serious recession. Worked for one of our biggest clients for free for seven months for zero income because we knew the wheel would turn. Um, rebuilt the business from scratch, and literally built it from from working with the E League to the D to the C, B, finally into the A-League with brands like Jet and NetBank, Anglo-American. Um, Clover was a long-standing client at that stage. And finally, where we find ourselves today with a very stable, sustainable business, um, focusing on, absolute focusing on how can we add more value to our clients every single day. And, and there's improvement in our organization Daily because we are so measured and obsessive.
1: And and, and how, how big is the business now? So, you know, when we look big, we talk in terms of revenue or assets yeah. or how many people you employ.
2: Um, So we started three, but originally the two partners, myself and Gareth, went away. So we're almost like a married couple, but we've got an extremely strong team around us. We've got about a team of 10 that run this entire group of ours. Um, 30 when we bought it back. We're close to 300 people now. Turnover of about 700 million, revenues of about 250, 260. So, so a medium sized, strong. And, and, South it, and it reflects
1: uh, some serious diversity as well, isn't it?
2: I am extremely proud of what we're starting to achieve. I think there's a lot more for us to do, a lot more. We've got our challenges. It's a creative industry, creativity is not on the radar of everyone. I work with township schools. I know what people want to become. This industry of ours is underexposed. That's not the excuse, though. We are more aggressive than ever. We have got five, six businesses in our group. All six of the businesses' managing directors are female. Four of them are black females. That happened completely naturally. That's not chasing a scorecard. So we are naturally diverse, but there's a lot more to do.
1: And, and of course, the person you made reference earlier, Kodisa Deashana, is somebody I've engaged with on many, yeah. many occasions. Well, I mean, he's is, is a key member of, of your team. Key well.
2: partner in the business. Mm. Key partner in the future and in the past 12 years of this growth of this business. So I was asking
1: off earlier describing describing what, what your business was like. Where do you stand when compared to the other ad agencies or marketing agencies in our country?
2: For the first time in history, Number one creatively on the African continent. So we're extremely proud of that. So I'll mention it now. It might mm. be for one year. Okay. But we, what, what's amazing about being number one, so always creatively, always in the top 10 for the past decade, but for the first time, number one. So for the first time, it gives me a creative voice because you can't voice your opinion strongly if you're number 10 or yeah. eight or nine. Mm. Um, for the past decade, always in the top five as judged by Financial Mail as a business award came second this year to probably our fiercest competitor, which is Ogilvy, mm-hmm. which we respect, but we love competition <laughs> um, and but but on a different mission, I would say, I think because we purpose driven um we're trying to find a way to add more value and to bring this notion of purpose and more meaningful work to something like advertising, which is often compared to used car salespeople.
1: Well, there you are. Well, I mean, that brings me on to another issue here, and I'd certainly welcome engagement, further engagement on 808 9 104 209 Please note that last three digits, 209, just for tonight, okay, with Pappy Maria the co-founder of uh, Joe Public uh, United, but also author of a book called Growing Greatness. So, you're talking about a four- Purpose company, one of the biggest criticisms we have, and it was discussed even yesterday with the chairperson of uh, Productivity SA, is this notion that business is largely exploitative on the one hand, uh, and, and then and then labour is is very much exploited, and and those two just don't seem to meet, and that's the nub of the problems in South Africa and and around the world. But let I me mean, let's stick with South Africa. When you say you're a for purpose business, what does that mean?
2: So firstly, Ashraf, I don't believe anyone, most people do not wake up in the morning to do bad. Mm-hmm. Even even the people that are judged to do bad. I think, I think it's consciousness. I think what's happened to the world is there's an obsession with bottom line. And you can understand that obsession because it's the lifeblood of business and without it you don't have a business. Um, but... The, the the structure of the world. You know, what I find fascinating is if it was such a perfect structure that we operate within, the global structure that South Africa operates within, why is 80% of the globe underprivileged? There's something wrong with that structure. So, so the notion for me of being bottom line driven, even if you say you've got a greater duty, but you're obsessed with the bottom line and that's the first number you put up in your board meeting and, and stressing mm-hmm. over, that should indicate something is wrong and and I learned that from music when I when I used to busk at Green Market Square, play your heart out and the money naturally follows. We stepped into purpose as a business in 2010, we defined what that purpose was, we nailed it onto the wall of the business and the byproduct of that approach has been spectacular. So we have seen 48% year on year growth for a decade now compounded. Um, this year is, is slightly flatter because we're resetting, because we've gone off purpose. We've gone, we almost fell into that similar trap, and we're re correcting now, going back to being in service of firstly our people, secondly our clients, and thirdly our country.
1: So h- help us understand this. Uh, I mean, and I want to just pick up on this bottom mm. line. So, surely, as, as you mentioned, the point about near bankruptcy, all that, and that was caused not by people leaving, mm. but ultimately being the rug being pulled under you guys in terms of revenue loss. So Mm. if you're not making money, if you're not having revenue and you don't have profits, how does that business justify existence? Are you saying there's a different model as to which a business needs to be measured?
2: Okay. So I'm going to, to explain the point, I'm going to quote a quote that I picked up out of Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog. I don't know if you've read it. It's a fantastic read for this holiday. Ashraf, magnificently written. He wrote it, uh, he must have been 70 plus, so going into the true wisdom phase of his life, especially after he created <coughs> Nike mm-hmm. from scratch, and 19 years to capitalize on what he created the first time, which was only in the early 70s, Absolutely. when he got money in for 19 years of work for the first time. Magnificent book. I don't think most people that read that book pick up on this little piece, but you can check it. Full Knight said, just like the body needs blood to live a business needs money, but when you ask me what's my greatest purpose, greater purpose as a person, it's not to make blood. And it's a very, it's a fantastic metaphor for business. We understand the heart must beat, the blood must flow; otherwise, we die. We understand a business needs cash flow to flow through its veins to be alive. But I don't exist to make blood, and neither does our business exist to make money. And and another South African billionaire, which I will not mention by name. On his private plane one night on a flight from Bloemfontein to Joburg, said to me, money is the oxygen of business. Without it, your business will die. But I don't wake up every morning thinking I must breathe. Now, here's two people mm. that have manifested billions of dollars and rands with the same concept. I am absolutely passionate about this point, that if you put your product and your services of your business at the forefront of your business everything else follows now what we found 10 years ago if you actually put something even ahead of that almost like the the point of a spear it's fascinating and i would love to take this methodology into the corporate world and that's what we're going to try and bring to this world as a as an advertising well we'll agency.
1: certainly talk about that so but but again mm. i, I I'm suggesting it's easy for those two people, the South African billionaire and the founder of Nike, to say that when they've been speaking in the in the past tense, in a sense, that they've already made their money. Uh, can you imagine a one-person owner who's got no money or a massive overdraft in the bank saying, "I want our money now"? And and that person saying, "You know, uh, money can't money's the oxygen in this case here yeah. of a business, but it's not something that you that you seek out. You you provide the service."
2: Okay, so. If you allow me, yeah. to, I'm going to be as quick as possible. So when the reason I stumbled across this methodology on a personal level was because I always aspired to make money. I wanted to be rich because I come from a white standard, old South African poor home. The, the church feed, fed us at stages of my life. There was not money to go around. We rented homes. I lived in 11 different homes by the age of 11. By no means comparable the poverty that the majority of South Africans live in, but by, by white standards, pretty much nothing. So I wanted to make money. When I went through this crisis at the age of 38, I still, with all my talent and all my insane efforts of hard work, I did not monetize any of my efforts. I found personal purpose. I wanted to apply to business. My business partner said, this makes sense, let's bring it in. I ran workshops with our 30 staff at that stage for six months to find what's the core word at the core of the business. It turned out to be growth. And everyone goes, well, that's obvious. You're a business. You want to grow. We defined what growth meant. It meant to be the fertile soil that grows the potential of our people, our clients, and our country. We made that our core strategy of our business. We built every system, every process, everything in the business around that core principle. The business took off. So this is my belief and maybe part of it is also because it is really driven within the business, with belief. And it's creating a culture.
1: And now and now you guys have far more but much more money now.
2: Well, now it's starting example. to take off.
1: Okay, more to come. It's quite fascinating. We'll talk about those other insights about growing greatness with the author of Growing Greatness, Pepe is also the co-founder of the ad agency Joe Public United. Oh, wait, nine one one zero four two zero nine. By the way, if you wish to connect, otherwise SMS is four zero nine three eight, and uh, tweets are welcome. Hashtag SFM Viewpoint, tag me Ashraf Ghanda, as well as SFM Radio, if you wish to engage with me uh, via social media. <laughs> Mmm, this is so delicious. What's the occasion?
0: I just want to add a little va to our relationship. I'll be right back. Oh, there she goes again. I'm out of here. Hi, Bo. Tamba. Ah, oh, he's gone again. Man, don't run away from your problems. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Keys and C's apply. SMS's cost one red. Hard-hitting interviews on
1: S.F.M. Pappy Maria with me from uh, the author of Growing Greatness. So, Pappy let's. Okay, so you you are saying up till like around 2010, is you you guys were doing the normal business, the normal yes. way. Uh, then then take us through this this absolute change in what in your life, yeah. right. And that's what you then brought into the business as well.
2: What happened? So so let me. Maybe rephrase it because I think everyone's talking about purpose and it and it, it gets potentially esoteric. You know, it, it's got wrong connotations mm. as a word. I would say let's just call it a strategy. Um, working with brands for the past 27 years, we're always involved with brand strategy. We always look at three to five year, never beyond five years, which I find interesting because we should look at sustainable 25-year plans. But we never apply that to our own lives. So the first step was for me to put a strategy in place for my life. My, I used to live from weekend to weekend and just hope that the chips would fall. Mm-hmm-hmm. In 2007, I wrote a 25-year strategy for my life towards 2032, and every single thing that I planned to happen, happened. What, what, what caused that? It was, it was me losing everything and being at such a low point of my life, going into my forties, marriage falling apart, business falling apart, everything around me just imploding and looking for greater meaning
1: So in fact what you're saying we have a business plan or we asked to do a business plan you worked on a personal plan
2: I worked on a personal plan for my life I saw on the same input a massive change in the output of my life there was also there was also a change in my way of being before that I was completely self-serving completely self-serving mm. it was all about my ego I was always a nice guy but it was always about I want to make money for myself retired 50 buy a yacht I was making no money, but I, I made a subtle change <laughs> yeah. from serving myself to service of others. It's subtle. You can't pick up on it. It's, it's doing things without feeling I need a re- return for it. So if I do anything for a client, I'm not obsessed about being paid one rand and giving me 50, 100 rand. Because I'll so just you, you wouldn't
1: compromise up. on the fee, on the figure, but if you had to put in more time… I will,
2: I'll give more. Okay. I'll always give more. Always, and we've got a, a culture, and I think that's what's making us sustainable. And it is stepping into that service of others, and it doesn't need to be for free. I mean, that's another thing I keep on pondering about is why, like, why are we not meant to make money for adding value? But this thing is this, this sort of way of giving one rand for, for one rand is just not a sustainable way. Um, so, we wrote the strategy for my life. I saw a change, I brought the methodology into the business. It got support from all my partners. We found this this Uber strategy for our business, and we if you pull any press release, if you go onto our website, if you look at any of our systems with its growth tracker or the Joe tool that measures the growth of our staff, if, if every single growth compass is a new tool we're developing to bring this methodology to the corporate world, you'll find every single thing is aligned to this strategy.
1: Well, we'll pick up on that. I'm not too sure whether you would know this person called, um, pardon, uh, Mutsigigwa. Sounds like he knows you, so Ashraf. That guy right there, is on the right track. He is building the society, and he must expect a lot of criticism. It's normal and healthy. He must keep pushing. Pappy is a good guy. So there That's we are. That's great. Thank Interesting. You for lovely, that. lovely, lovely I one. Appreciate there. that. More thoughts are welcome. You can tweet me hashtag SFM tag me Ashraf Garda and tag Pappy Maria as well. By the way. Okay. So you've now got. So you, you've you've moved, and this is important. In the context of from a listener point of view, because people listening in all want to become entrepreneurs and start their own businesses, right? Mm. What, what, therefore, is your advice that you could give them now? Mm.
2: So for any entrepreneur, I would say, of course, there's your product and your service to, to your potential customer. And what I've also learned is that that is absolutely where your key focus should be. The only kernel of insight I can offer beyond that is to be open to the thought that there is one word that your business stands for beyond any other word, mm-hmm. and it might not in your mind be related to your product. So, who would ever have thought that an agency that creates marketing support for clients through advertising actually exists to grow its people? So
1: is that is that now Joe public?
2: Yeah. So, so I'm just so what I'm offering job, what is be beyond the the absolute obsession needed for the caliber and the quality of your product and your service. Like a good restaurant, that's how a good restaurant operate. Great product, great service. That's probably the best model to model any business on. But beyond that, be conscious that your business has one word that it stands for. It's in the unconscious of the founders' founders' mind. So so let's confirm your one word is? Growth. Joe Public's one word is growth and The important thing is once you find the one word is to unpack it because my growth could have 50 different meanings. So the meaning is critical. Our growth unpacked is to be the fertile soil that grows the potential of our people, our clients, and our country. And those three pillars have become our strategy. The growth of our people, how do we develop our people to be the best professionals in our industry that they can be, growth of our clients, which... One might assume it's just market share. In this moment, that's the card we're playing. But long term, maybe we can offer their growth as people as well. And growth of our country is through job creation or one school at a time. So we've got beyond each pillar a strategy and a plan that we deliver on annually and a measurable plan. And I've run, I don't have time for it now with our business's growth, but I've run many Purpose for Business workshops applying this methodology. And I found at the core of every business I engage with a different word. The trick is to then implement it and, and live it.
1: And, you, and you're saying that that word is really important
2: to embrace. It is super important. Whichever, we all have our own if words. every human being has got that word in their unconscious that they stand for, it's almost like, you, and each of those words has a different meaning. So my my word in my life is greatness. Now, at face value, if it was anyone just listening, they'd go like, oh, he wants to be a great yeah, guy. Yeah. No, unpacked it means to bring out the best in those around me. It's the reason why I stop drinking. It's the reason why I'm a vegan. It's the reason why I do everything I can to be the best I can be to lead through example. That's my strategy. But it's not any greater word than the word love, or the word free, or the word creativity, or whatever your word is. But each how person many how word.
1: many people use these type of strategies?
2: That's like not many. Um, so I went to a transformational workshop. It's got a bad rap, but people who finish these workshops actually have an incredible life experience. But I've also learned that only two in a hundred will apply the thinking to life. You very easy fall back into the highway of life because life is its challenging mm-hmm. to go on the straight and narrow. But th- it's taken them over 20 years. I think only about 25,000 South Africans have, has engaged with it out of 60 million now, of course, there's also not the means. I would love to bring this kind of methodology and in thinking into the education system long term. That's my greater vision um, to to influence education in South Africa. I want,
1: I want to pick up on education. I know that's an issue that you do feel very really strongly about. Papi Maria with us, uh, our big hitter for the night. He's the author of Growing, growing Greatness, also the co-founder of an ad agency called Joe, uh, Joe, Public, or Joe Public United. More from him in a moment. Oh, so you don't click it. Hmm? Surely you're tired of the same car wash over and over.
0: I mean, wouldn't you prefer the hot sun, cool people and even cooler cooler boxes, fastballs, hot sixes, AB, Amla, Mexican waves, DJ Fresh being DJ Fresh. Doesn't that feel like summer? The Mthandi Super League. Catch all the action live on SABC 3 and SABC radio stations from the 16th of November to the 16th of December. Get your tickets at Ticket Pro. Brought to you exclusively by the SABC, the official broadcaster of the Mzanzi Super League.
2: Fast fun for all.
0: At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter.
1: I certainly want to talk about education, Peppy, but I'll, I'll just pause on that for a second. Mm. You know I'm part of this Champion South Africa project. One, yeah. one of the cornerstones that I speak about yeah. is we don't make the link between personal success and country success. Mm. So when somebody wins in business, they don't say I do it for my country. Mm. When they win in sport, they do so. Mm. Interesting in terms of your word, your growth, yeah. you spoke about growth of the country. Yeah. How, how do you then link that? Because I'm glad that you do, and you're the first company I know that, yeah. that has come up front for doing so. How do you do that? How do you link your, your growth word yeah. where, where your public succeeds and therefore your country succeeds?
2: Yeah. So I suppose if every citizen of the country over time can be economically empowered, because let's face it, the country's income is derived majority probably of fat, and then probably about 30%, 35% off tax. Mm-hmm. And the more we economically empower people, the more people will contribute to the pot, the better we can run the country, just like any good business. So the first step of growth of our country is to empower each of our people to become as good as they can be in uh, in order to up their earning potential. And the better our people are, the more our business will grow and enable us to pay them more. So we're already fulfilling growth of country just just. By the development of our of our resource, our people, second to that, if we grow our business, we do create more jobs and we know that is one mm. of the biggest challenges and we've been actively working with them and we've got a full-time managing director running it that weekly engage and we run four key projects in those schools and we take kids from those schools into the pipeline and we do barter exchanges with educational institutes for bursaries and we also put our own money on the table and we're trying to serve empowerment in that way to the most of our means and and that is, that is our strategy in time as we grow as an organization and we create more clout and more influence hopefully we can do more and more and more but I would say we're doing we're doing the best with what we've got at the okay. moment.
1: T- tell me more about, so it's called One Time.
2: Once the one school, one, school, at one a time. school at a Time. Okay, One Time would be an airline company. But that's <laughs> that's
1: one School story. at a Time. What, what are the practicalities of what you do?
2: So the, so here, this is the great benefit of great partners. So I have to again say this business is built because by its people and by the key leaders, which is absolutely not just myself. So I've got a strategic partner, Laurent Marty, who's probably the brightest person I've met in my life. And when I started thinking around how do you fix 22,000 dysfunctional schools, because that's the fact. 80% mm. of the schools in South Africa are factually dysfunctional. I've worked with two of them. They've both risen above that now. But it's taken a decade. And it's it's come from more leadership than from us as organization. So... Top principals, top leaders change schools. Um, and at that stage, I couldn't comprehend how to overcome a, a challenge as big as 22,000 schools. And Laurent's advice was, why don't you just start with one school at a time? And that's where the name was born. And we launched it into eight and started with one school. And hopefully, in time, I will unlock more money um, to scale this project up. And yeah, we run four key projects in each of the schools, but I've learned through this 10-year engagement that it's all about leadership. It is absolutely everything depends on leadership.
1: And, and are you able to change the, the students who've been to that school? I mean, what's happened to them?
2: So if I take Forte High in Dobsonville, which was back in 2008, I, I don't want to quote the exact number, but it was about 670th performing school Township school in Gateng. so it was close to seven hundred. It's in the top three now. Wow! And but our doing our hand in that little picture is probably ten percent of the change. Ninety percent was the leader that came in. So after a few years, a new principal stepped in, and he a machine. And that school has become one of the best schools. Okay. What, what's the school's name? Forte High. Forte dot, not, High. So. Forte. F O R T E. Okay. All right. But the challenge now is, of course, the community want the kids to go to school. I think he's sitting with about 350 metrics this year. So I wish him all the luck that he can keep his performance up because now the number is just exponentially increasing. And I think to maintain his 92% pass rate is going to be challenging. And also we're chasing um, uh, bachelor pass rates, not just pass rates. Bonang
1: Mohale, the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa, made the point the other day that when we talk about um, transformation and and, uh, the transforming of the economy, right, he says in in, in the current situation, it's not so much redistribution of growth or wealth. He believes we are in in the state of redistributing poverty. And before we even redistribute, we need to create the wealth. Then we can redistribute. you have a thought on that?
2: Well, if the population growth is growing at 4%, which I heard yesterday, and... And your 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 economic growth is one percent, then your per person wealth is actually decreasing. So yes, we have to first we have to first create we are we are probably close to bankruptcy as a nation. Um I'm fascinated when I hear the amount of people that cannot retire, which is above seventy percent. We we are it's almost like we need to get out of the emotion to start really applying critical thinking as to how we're gonna fix this. In my logical, creative mind, I can only see proper education. And I don't mean just basic. You know, even if all our schools were to the level of the Crawfords, I don't know if that's the right system, systematic educational solution because education was created to create factory thinking. So, so we need a new… That
1: may not be right. We've got about two minutes to go. Th- th- so three things that you think the country needs the most urgent attention to, 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 to fix, to fix South Africa.
2: Education, education, and education. I can stake my everything on it, that if government had to put all their effort into our educational system and really look critically at the quality of it, because I don't think the problem lies with our children. I think we've got a systemic issue with teachers, quality of teachers, caliber of teaching, and leadership, and we should have critical focus on that because that's where we're leaving our masses behind. Talk to me
1: just the last bit about about ethical business, right? Mm-hmm. We never spoke about adverts at all, but that's fine. Uh, you, you gave the one example about the racism of the past, but the way businesses are run now, do, do you get a sense that we, we're not being run on?
2: businesses? The businesses that I engage with in terms of our clients, the corporations, I think everyone is struggling to deal with a changing world and to find their space of doing better. But we're in a habit of doing business that's been perpetuated for 50 years, which is pretty much shell the value above all other values. Um, but I do think there's a new consciousness to it, but we have to get out of habit. I think it is right to get a return on your efforts. So if, you, if you've if you created something and it's adding value and creating jobs, of course you can get a big financial return, but there must be something beyond 50, 60, 70 million rand bonuses. Okay. I'll
1: leave you with, with this. We've got 30 seconds to go, but it's uh, it's fine because you're going to read the whole of one chapter called How to Start a Business. And you've... you've tell us what that whole chapter entails. <laughs> uh,
2: if I remember correctly, it's four pages long with one word at the beginning of it, and it says start. And I've seen this with ideas. I've seen this with business. We tend to overthink it. We tend to overanalyze it. We tend to write business plans for it and we go into fear mode and we never start i say start
1: so that's it one point out to start a business, a whole chapter with just one word called start. Let's leave it at uh, Pepe Moran, uh, the author of Growing Greatness. You need to get the book and uh, is, of course, the co-founder of the agency Joe Public United. But the book is quite fascinating in terms of understanding a whole lot of things that we couldn't quite get to. You need to get the book and you'll see that. Pepe, thank you for your time. Most appreciated. So I'll big right. for the night. We'll talk about ASCOM and let me get them off to a fresh start in a moment. Let's get the news first. It's nine
0: o'clock.